Hello everybody and welcome to Roleplay Chat. I am Matt and I'm a game master who cannot stop talking about role-playing games. Today's going to be an awesome conversation about tabletop role-playing games, especially for those of you who like solo tabletop role-playing games, or for those of you who maybe never heard of solo tabletop role-playing games. I have Josh from The Art of Arklin. Josh is fantastic. He's designing his own solo tabletop RPG, and we talk about the, the kind of benefits that solo tabletop RPGs have over regular tabletop RPGs and kind of what to expect when you play them, things like that. He also talks to us a little bit about his game, of course, and some of inspiration, some of his inspiration behind it. Uh, before we dive right into today's episode, I've got a couple of big, big announcements for you. So the first one is I wanted to send out amazing thank yous, big warm hugs and wishes to everybody in the Tabletop RPG community who is following me on Twitter. We have just crossed over into four over 4,000 followers on Twitter. So if you're on there and you're following roleplay chat, role underscore play underscore chat, I wanted to first and foremost thank you. For those of you who aren't, or for those of you who are maybe unaware, I'm going to be doing, or I have started, a giveaway. I have posted a giveaway on Twitter. I'm giving away a digital version of the new Spelljammer, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition Spelljammer uh, module. Or the setting book, or whatever you want to call it, the PDF for that. It's going to be a D&D Beyond virtual code that you can go and claim for yours if you enter the giveaway. So to do that, you have to go find my post. I'm going to be posting it uh, quite often on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, like that post, of course, you be following me. You probably already are on Twitter. And retweet the post. So yeah, you can win a copy of Spelljammer, a digital copy of Spelljammer, if you enter. I'll be selecting a winner on Friday, August 19th, in the evening. Probably around 8pm or 9pm or something like that. So all the details are in the post on the Twitter on, on the Twitter post. So go find that. I'll link it up maybe in the show notes for you to go find the post and... Yeah, enter, please. I want somebody to win. I can't wait for uh, for Friday to do that. The next announcement is that the What is Roleplay Anyway charity panel uh, has been announced, and I'm slowly but surely announcing all the panelists. So we have five panelists who will be joining me on the Scry Society Twitch stream page on Friday, August 26th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be going over strategies and insights about role-playing so how to role-play at our table what it means for us why we love it so much and i've got amazing panelists who are going to be joining me they're all actual play actors or actresses and they have a wealth of experience and knowledge to tap into as they provide us insights on how to role-play and how to get our tables to role-play more in addition to that, the, the stream is a charity stream where we're going to be collecting uh, donations for prizes. We're going to do some raffle prizes. I've got some sweet raffle prizes that I'm going to be announcing on Twitter in the coming weeks. And yeah, you're going to be able to put your name in for those prizes and the money that you donate for the raffle entries will then be going to the National Network of Abortion Funds to help, to help increase the accessibility for reproductive rights in the United States. I'm extremely excited for this panel. I really hope you can join us live. Again, that's August 26th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't, I'm going to be keeping the do the donations open for a little while and we're going to be I'm going to be posting the discussion in audio only format uh, in, in the next episode of Roleplay Chat. So yeah, that, that's a lot of announcements, a lot of information. I'm sorry to kind of bombard everybody like that at the beginning of the episode. But I hope, I really hope you can join us for all of those great things. You enter the giveaway and you join me for the charity panel on what role play is anyway. And uh, yeah, and anyway, let's get right into the discussion with Josh about solo tabletop RPGs. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the other side of the discussion, to the other side of the interview, if you will. I'm here today and super excited to introduce my guest. 
He's a digital artist and tabletop RPG illustrator and creator. He is an art and game streamer. He's fresh at it. He's just started doing it this week, or I guess three weeks ago for those of you listening. He also sells beautiful mythology-inspired art, pins, and other things like that on Etsy. And the thing that I'm the most excited about is he's working on a cool solo tabletop RPG called Woad Stone to Stone. Welcome, Josh or Arklin. How would you like me to? Uh, how would you like fine. me to? Josh is fine. <laughs> Josh well, is welcome. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh, thank you very much for the warm, warm welcome. I think you actually managed to hit everything. I don't think I've got anything else to uh, to spiel there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, I'm Josh. Uh, primarily, I mean, predominantly a uh, digital artist um, working in the tabletop industry. Um, I've mainly worked on. Main, Big projects have been in spirals and overiles. I know you've had Rich on the show before. Um, uh, I've also worked on Caravan Endures, Bard RPG, uh, Arkelion, Adventures in ADHD, uh, Awesome and Extraordinary. God, can't remember all the names. Awesome and Extraordinary Encounters. Just so prolific, you can't keep up. Yeah, I'm probably probably forgetting one or two. I can't remember them all. Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. Business is booming, as they say. So yes, that's yeah, um, that's fantastic. And your artwork is beautiful. Like I, Inspiriles and what's the name of Rich's newest one? Overiles. Overiles. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so the sequel. It's yeah. just Chef's Kiss. Like you really nailed the the thematic feel of the of the whole thing. So hats off. Thank you. Hats off. Thank you. It was a good position to be in because, like, uh, I'm like the principal artist, so I get to not really like, especially for my own stuff, like all the work that I'm doing within it. I very much have a lot of free reign. To, uh, built up a rapport where I think Rich trusts me. I like to think he trusts me with the artwork <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hasn't asked That's me to good. change too much, so you know, <laughs> must be doing good. something right. <laughs> Fantastic. See, the secret is we can't let Rich know, right? So, Rich, if you're listening, you got to just close your ears. And <laughs> Yeah, he's, but... he's, got a, he's got a long list of changes for me, like, coming back. <laughs> yeah, I heard what you said on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, but I, I'm really happy to have you. I can't wait to, to dissect some of the things that um, that I have in store for today's episode. But before we do that... Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners as far as your tabletop RPG experiences go? You know, what uh, what kind of systems do you like playing or running? How long have you been in the hobby? And what kind of game master or player are you? Just so that we kind of know where your uh, insights and recommendations will be coming from. I suppose my first tabletop was probably Warhammer when I was in school uh fantasy never 40k uh yeah, 40k can go to trash i hate oh, 40K abs- absolute rubbish absolute come at rubbish. us twitter come find yeah, us i'll yeah, fight it <laughs> yeah you know you suck i'm sorry uh, <laughs> um it's just the art style i don't like 40k art style like i it's, it's just something about it like doesn't sit well with me but um so i mean god that was uh, I say 10 years ago is definitely not because I'm way older than that. So it's <laughs> it's probably like 20 years ago now, 15 to 20 years. Segwayed slightly. Uh, so D&D, um, I'm a big fan of board games. Uh, I really, really enjoy my board games, especially ones that sort of like incorporate a bit of like the um, RPG kind of scene mm-hmm. style. And when else. you play when you play Dungeons and Dragons or or any other role playing game, do you what side of the screen do you usually sit on? I am cursed to mainly be a DM. Hmm. I will say, yeah, I had one okay. campaign that ran for about a year and a half where I was a player, um, and I did a short stint as a DM, like four or maybe five sessions, um, which was great fun because uh, I love to play. Um, I think there's always that one person in the group where everyone's like, oh, I don't know. 
you are the DM. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's like, well, actually, I've made this really cool. No, 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 no. Stop right there. Here's your screen. Get behind it. Yeah. So generally, generally, I end up end up end up being the DM, which I don't mind. Like, I enjoy it. Um, any issue I have now is being so busy art wise. I don't have enough time to plan. Shame. That's tough. Yeah. yeah, you got to um, get good at uh, improv games or li- minimal planning. Uh, uh, it's a it's a shift. I've always been the kind of game master who loves planning everything out. And people always hate on me. Not hate on me, but they, you know, they say, oh, Matt, stop planning so much. Like, you're making your job so hard. It's like, but I want to. I want to yeah. have a binder full of stuff. I want to, like, map out a town even if no one's going to see the map. So it's, it was an adjustment for me, too, you know, when I had, had the kids. And it's like, mm, less time to less time to prep. Yeah, I to be honest, I uh, like when I when I look back, probably some of the best sessions I've run have probably been more improv than planned. Mm. Um, and I beginning of this year, or end of last year, beginning of this year, I was running a game for my partner um, and our two friends. Um, uh, so it was quite cozy, quite knit. Um, but because I had no time, it was literally just. Like I'll just grow. I'm, I'm basically empty-handed, and we'll just see where. Like I don't know where you're going. Like <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, for sure. If, I think. It, I mean, it's, it, obviously, it's a style, almost like a stylistic choice. But I feel like you can put the the emphasis on your players much more than you can yourself, which is really interesting. Sure. Like they drive the story forward, and you're just the facilitator. And if you can get to that that point, then planning wise is you need bare bones like this is kind of mm-hmm. like i've got a village here that i'm possibly gonna like he's kind of like taglines isn't it you've got like locations and taglines like and then you know let them do like, the rest absolutely yeah 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 for sure all right cool well i think that gives our listeners a little bit actually wait i have one last quick question rapid yes. fire what's your favorite pillar combat role play or exploration oh I'm probably torn between combat and role playing. Okay, okay, I can see that, yeah, yeah, especially with the board games. Fun. The board games, yeah. the yeah, I can get that. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, so with that kind of background about Josh, the artist and game master who doesn't like exploration, let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you, but uh, wow. no exploration. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see a tower in the distance. Ah, well, <laughs> You're there now it's done. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about our topic at hand for today let's talk about solo tabletop rpgs uh so what i like to do on the show with me and the guest without looking it up without pulling out a dictionary we try to define our topic at hand so that you me and the listeners are all on the same page as to what we're talking about i think this will be straightforward but it's always the straightforward ones that can find us the most so what is a solo tabletop role-playing game and I'll pass you the I mic know, first, Josh. No idea. I've never heard of them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a wrap. That's done. a wrap. No, lovely <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> um, well, okay. So we know what a TTRPG is. Tabletop role-playing game. How else do you define it? Solo means I mean, one, yeah, one yeah I guess so. I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. The, the, the thing that I've always found bizarre is that some of the things that I find the most important about a tabletop role-playing game, the like coming together, the goofy role-play scenes between characters, the like collective collaborative components of a role-play game. Those are the pieces of the game that I find to be the most critical. But then when you take that away, you have, well, not that you take it away, but you know, when you're in a solo setting, when it's just you with a journal or prompts, or whatever it's so different so to me that's that's what's not not confusing but it's it's still a tabletop role-playing game but it's by yourself it has to be very much for yourself Mm. i think that's the that's the big thing isn't it because like i mean it's few and far between but you ever get those those days where you've like you know it's D &D night you might be feeling like a little bit off you know once you get there everybody's there and it all starts can just straight away like get back into it feel with like a solo rpg 
all of the emphasis on yourself. Like you've got to got to want to spend the time, your time, <laughs> your limited, limited time <laughs> as an adult playing this game for yourself and your own enjoyment, you know, because there's no like social enjoyment. And I mean, let's be honest, we've all been there where you're like, man, I want to talk right now, but it's someone else's turn for spotlight. So now it's 100% you. No one can take it away from you. I, I, I like that. I like that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Is interesting because you are the the solo player. You are the main player. I suppose the way I always think about it is like um, Elder Scrolls. You know, Morrowind is my jam. Like I grew up playing Morrowind. Love Oblivion. Skyrim's mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got ESO, which I tried to get into. I tried to play it with friends. I tried to play it on my own. Um, it's just not the same. No? yeah no i get it i've not... never i've never played the online version but yeah. there's Please. something nice about just kind of going into the recesses of your mind and being like this is just for me this yeah. is it no one's yeah. gonna come in here i can do what i want to do uh, i think that's the appeal i i think i think that's very much the appeal i mean part of it is like substitute but I think that's the like the worst way to think about it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, my D and D group has fallen apart," or I just want something in between D and D to kind of like fill that hole, yeah. so I could like until the next D and D. I think that's like wrong way to think about it. You know, not the wrong way, but the worst. Definitely, way. yeah, right. yeah. There's definitely better ways, anyway. I think, and I think you're touching on something interesting here. So let's not labor the point. I think everybody listening knows what a solo tabletop RPG is. So let's let's go keep going into the philosophy of it. I I agree with you a hundred percent. I think the beauty of a solo tabletop RPG is it acts as kind of like a complement to a regular tabletop RPG. Some of the best solo experiences that I've had were experiences that enabled me to then take the finished product and use it in my campaign, or at least inspired me into some capacity in my campaign like oh that now i've got a cool enemy that they can fight up against or a neat city that i've mapped out or a weapon that has a cool backstory and they can find in the next like dungeon or whatever so yeah i agree 100 percent, 1 million percent making it a solo activity i wouldn't want to do just a solo tabletop rpg every other week by myself with no like so i think Josh, we've kind of touched on some of the things that make solo tabletop RPGs different from a regular cooperative tabletop RPG. If I can list some of them off, I think it's mm-hmm. one of them is being obviously you're doing it by yourself. You're doing it for yourself with no compromising. You're not compromising mm-hmm. uh, the content. You're not compromising your actions. And I say compromising, like you're not, you're doing it for you by yourself with nobody else influencing your decisions or, 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 whether that be a positive thing or a negative thing, if you want solo time, that's the perfect way to do it. Uh, another difference that I'm that I'm hearing too is that it acts, it can act as like an escape. It can act as a substitute if needed. Um, are there other 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 things? Are there big differences between a solo tabletop RPG and a regular cooperative tabletop RPG that um, come to mind to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think uh, inherently in the the way that solo TTRPGs have to be created. Um, I think there's just like more like gamification, I guess. I see you would yeah. say. Like I mean I know you can get like rule light versions and that kind of thing, but they're usually like short or you know, like short fun little games that you can you can play but i mean for like a solid full solo ttrpg like i think i think going back to like the board game thing i think you very much need a bit more gamification within your ttrpg to make it a solo mm-hmm. experience like you need the need the what's the word i'm looking for not involvement it's uh i mean i i guess we're replacing a game master right you know there's no there's nobody there to make <laughs> to play referee so the, yeah. the the book itself has to be that. It has to be structured yeah. in a way. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be mechanics heavy, but it has to has to be set rules. It has to mm-hmm. have to be able to look it up and say, No, I can't do this, or yes, I can do this. You know? And that's kind of what I mean by like gamification is like there are more gaming elements within it rather than it's not RPG and it's not tabletop. It's like 
words ex- words escape me. Like cause you, you know, you can get like um like non combat RPGs, but mm-hmm. not not quite non combat, but um almost just like purely narrative RPGs that are all about role playing. And I think those need a group. You need a GM to facilitate like the parts in between to allow your players this purely um, almost pure role-playing experience mm-hmm. you know because that's the part that's important to this and i think that's like something you can't really get as a solo ttrpg you need the the more gaming elements of it for it to, to work like it's tables cards you know yeah diagrams. it needs to have a focus right it needs to yeah it needs to make it clear to the person that's playing it because it's not fun if the person playing it is like, well, am I allowed to do this? Is this like breaking something? Because if they if they if they have to be their own game master, it kind of takes them away from whatever they're trying to make them experience in the game. It's happened to me before. I mean, I haven't had that much experience playing solo tabletop RPGs, but I tried playing Iron Sworn, which is like I think one of the but when you look up solo tabletop RPGs, that's one of the quintessential ones. It's this mm. gritty fantasy. I don't know if you've played it, but um, the Dark Souls inspired one. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is, and it's cool. There's a free PDF out there for people listening who want to check out solo tabletop RPGs and aren't too sure if they want to commit to it or not. But you know, it's still a hefty document, and I tried, and I guess I didn't have the right mindset going in. I don't know, but it 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 just felt like more work than game and and yeah. that's not a knock on iron swore like i know a lot of people who really really like it and who highly recommend it i think i just wasn't in the right place to appreciate yeah. but um i'm not too sure where i was going with that but <laughs> no i think it i think it needs to so the game has to have parameters for you to be able to play the game in a solo aspect and it needs mm-hmm. to define those parameters quickly and easily uh for you to be able to pick it up as fast as possible because you want to go from player opening book to player playing as fast as possible really mm-hmm. so it has to be simple involved like the best analogy and it has to get more complicated the more you look into it so you got to have this like surface level playability and then like like an iceberg it has to be more depth to it below yeah you know? Where you can do like builds and that kind of thing. Like I, I'd make like the analogy of like Pokemon. You know, like when you play a Pokemon game, you can play a Pokemon game just by grabbing your starter and catching whatever you come across. You know, um, that's the chump way of playing, isn't it? You know, you need to IV level. You need to IV yeah. train it. You know, if you're not breeding need, Pokemon eggs, I, you're not I playing need, real Pokemon. I eggs. need the perfect Charmander, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need the perfect Charmander. I don't want that Charmander because that Charmander's rubbish, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to get the right nature and everything. Yeah, oh, we're turning- absolutely. I got absolutely. you. I I hear you. I hear what you're you know? saying. <laughs> cool. So that's yeah, so why I'm- I never finish a Pokemon game. <laughs> Look, I I got one perfect iv pokemon and that was enough for me i made myself a perfect garchomp like probably 10 years ago he was my baby i loved him and then i stopped i was like this is just too much work going up and down the bicycle trail with like five pokemon that have whatever that make egg eggs hatch faster power was oh I'm like, no, I can't yeah. do this anymore. But <laughs> Talon Flame, Flame Body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, make the eggs hatch faster. I, I got super, super back into it, X and Y. And then I've been trying to like capture that essence again. But I'm not a student anymore. So I don't mm-hmm. have like 22 hours of my day to play to Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> anyway. But I, but I, but I like what you're saying. I, I yeah. get it. Uh, so a solo tabletop RPG has to have the same kind of depth where it's easy to get into right off the get-go but it offers players the opportunity to really investigate if they want to and and, and find hidden yeah. secrets for themselves um are there other things other other ex- you know things that are unique experiences that maybe 
in your from your perspective, a solo tabletop RPG does better than a, a cooperative role-playing game? Ooh. That's a good question. Um... While you're thinking about it, one one thing that comes to mind to, for me, um, I was recently playing. It's like it's kind of like a micro solo tabletop RPG called The Artifact mm-hmm. by Molehouse Press. Um, it's a cool it's a cool little game where you you are a weapon. Like that's that's the premise. You you are a weapon, and you're a weapon through its life cycle. And there's these different prompts that have you kind of write up. It's more like a writing exercise. If, if if that makes any kind of sense, but you're you're writing up the stories of the various owners of of you. So let's say you're a magic yeah. sword of fire, and your first owner was you know the guy who forged you, and then he passed away, and then gave it to his son who auctioned it off. And you you basically go through the entirety of the life of the blade or the weapon, and it's kind of cool. Uh, what I really appreciated about that is the pacing of it. I got to play that game at my pace. I could put it down at any time and like have this introspection on my own. I could go for a walk. I could go to work. I could have my meeting that I didn't want to listen to and think about who the next owner of my blade was. And nobody knew what I was, you know, you know, like secretly on my own. Um, So yeah, this this opportunity for self-reflection at my own pace was kind of cool. I'd never experienced that before. No, I think that's a really interesting point Um, because often in a group setting, you get swept along with the rest of the story because you're never fully in control. There's always sections Mm -hmm. where you're almost almost passive, I guess, within within your play because you you have to kind of go along with what the person before you before you did, like. You know, like in D and D, if you if you met a group of people and you were like, "Oh, I'm going to talk to them," and then the person in front of you was basically absolutely not. I'm just going to hit him with my sword, you know. And you sort yeah. of shoehorned into combat, you know. Um, whereas with a solo TBRPG, you're only ever put in that position if there's no other choice than the game mechanics, you know, which is really really nice, especially with these like narrative games. Um, where you are the writer of your own story there's so much control yeah it's just so, you it's really yeah. just you <laughs> yeah. those moments that where you where you can step away like and you can leave it and you can think about it and you can come back with your great idea it's really really important i think from a like a writing perspective like you know how often do you have to walk away from your page or your computer just to like think through the point where you're at in the story, then continue it? You know, that's a great um, that's a great point, especially because in my experience, at least with the folks, you know, the sphere of people that I interact with on Twitter, there's a lot of people that say that narrative is their favorite part of a tabletop role playing game. They say that that's why they play role playing games. But like you said, there's so many times in a role-playing game where you don't get the opportunity to really think through the decisions you have to make for this greater narrative. Obviously, if you're the game master, you know, you can kind of curate that experience, but as a player, sometimes you have to just make a gut decision and lean in a direction and kind of hope for the best and trust everybody else at the table to kind of go along with you. And it often creates fantastic moments with a lot of tension, a lot of drama, but how much better could those moments be, narratively speaking, if, like you're saying, you had the chance to think about it? Um, yeah, from a narrative point of view, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any comparison because, like, I, some. I mean, I would say about third, maybe you know, thirty percent of the time, your first idea is your best one. Whereas seventy percent of the time, the idea that you come come to two or three edits down the line is absolutely the better one or the better mm-hmm. choice. You know, um, 
but I mean, I suppose that's like part and parcel, isn't it? Like that's the that's the joy of playing in a group, like where you have to make these split decisions for better or for for worse. Then if you are somebody that enjoys the narrative aspect of it, it you know, it won't come to you straight away, but it will come to you like late at night when you're trying to get sleep. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like ah. Have been like so much better. It's like when you think of a, a really good insult or comeback, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's down the line, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hear that. Oh man, that that yeah. it resonates so much with me. I, I'm so <laughs> slow. My wife is so quick witted, too. She always like comes up with these zingers, and I'm just kind of standing there with my mouth open, like, uh, yeah, okay, oh, no, that was you a really good one, that yeah. Was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no i hear that i hear that so yeah the, you know solo tabletop rpgs definitely have a lot to offer uh, i think especially if people listening haven't played them you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't give them an opportunity i did a poll it was pretty quick and it you know i, I should have given it a little bit more time to get people to respond but as of now i tweeted it out two hours ago and the um the breakdown is 60 percent, roughly 60 percent have played a solo rpg tabletop rpg and roughly 40 percent haven't and that's that's a lot like that's that's a lot of people that have never have never given that an opportunity so i i guess josh why don't uh why don't i let you get on a soapbox here and let's convince people that they should play solo tabletop rpgs what what would you say to somebody who's never played to kind of convince them i would say it is only daunting until you start playing so i will admit the idea to make a, a journaling game in particular wasn't mine when i decided to make Wode. it was suggested by rich because we, we were kind of like making this together and it took me ages i mean I, i'm talking like weeks and he was like oh yeah we're gonna make a journaling game it's, it could be a really good idea we should make a journaling game and i was like i have no idea what he means by <laughs> journaling game like i just don't I don't get it. I don't get the concept, the core concept. And up until that point, I hadn't played any by myself. And uh, he sent me a copy of Colossal. I've never played it. What's, think it, what's it, it, it about? Colossal. It is a fairly straightforward journaling game. It uses a deck of cards. Um, it's got a table for all your prompts and everything like that. Um, and it's set in this kind of like this huge mega castle kind of feel like so so big you can't see the roof artificial sun that kind of thing with different biomes as you like as you you can you can have any kind of like biome as you're going through and there's and i think the 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 overall like idea of it is to get to the top of cool this reminds me of like a castlevania game where like you're walking through a castle and there's like a jungle and you're like what the yeah cool but why (laughs) yeah um yeah very much so um he he was he sent me a copy and i was like okay i i have no idea what i'm doing but i basically just like got a pack of cards and i was like you know what, i'm just just gonna do it and it was really straightforward to like set up and to like get going and once once you'd started the ball was rolling much much quicker and you could play like you could play so quickly and so methodically because you were in control of the pace of not only how you were playing but like the story that you were writing as well like that would be my my advice was would be to just try to pick up and play because a lot of these games facilitate that like this is how they're designed is just to be to be picked up and to be played easily because they have to be because you're playing by yourself like they have to be the driving motivation when nobody else is you know yeah except yourself obviously but like you know that's a really good point especially because i feel like there's often hesitation in general for somebody to learn a new game right when when you say hey there's this tabletop rpg here's this rule book it's like 300 pages long let's read it and play it and let's understand it Obviously, the more you play, the the faster it becomes to kind of adopt a new game. But I think there is this this preconceived bias that, oh, a solo tabletop RPG, that means I have to go and read it by myself 
and there isn't going to be anybody to kind of walk me through the parts I don't understand. But it's because you're coming at it from the wrong angle. You're coming at it yeah. from an angle of somebody who plays a group tabletop RPG where the rule book is this brick that you read through and you don't need to you don't need it all all the time and yada yada yada. In the solo tabletop RPG system, like you're saying, it's built as this like landslide that starts you off and like brings you to yeah. where you need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Low barrier to entry. If, if and honestly, I think that's probably one of the things that um normal tabletop RPGs can learn from solo RPGs. Like having that like you know, like the first time I played D and D, it was just like I. To be fair, I I, I got the starter kit, D and D fifth edition. I think. Oh, my partner bought it for our uni house, like you know, sure. yeah. um, and it comes it comes with like a tiny like booklet. And I think honestly, that is the best way to start because it's not this tome of just like you know. I mean, the first words are like, you know, the the rules don't really matter. Try to have fun or whatever. But like, you know, you still got a 300 page book of, of rules. And like, how do you start without knowing, uh, you know, at least mm. half of them, I guess, or Absolutely. something like, um, and I think there's definitely something to be, to be learned there from normal tabletop RPGs from solo Absolutely. RPGs. Um, if if I could add to that, if I'm if I'm gonna try to convince people to play solo tabletop RPGs, I think especially for game masters, solo tabletop RPGs are a fun and different way to kind of inspire yourself in your creative process. Especially some of these, like you're saying, journaling ones. Because who am I kidding? If you're a game master running a homebrew setting, you're never not thinking about it. So you yeah. might as well have a solo tabletop RPG. And, and, yeah, you might as well have a solo tabletop RPG to help guide you through with prompts and things to kind of help organize your thoughts. Yeah. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to like alienate people who don't do that. I, I, I'm sorry if if you have your own brew setting and you're not always thinking about it. You know what? I envy you because I can't stop thinking about it. But, but we also know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. So anyway, my my point being. Solo tabletop RPGs are a cool, different way to help organize your thoughts. Maybe think about things that you never would have thought about uh, otherwise. So, um, yeah, that, that's another another reason to give it a try. Well, a lot of them are a great tool for creating narratives for your players as well. Like they very much, especially like journaling games and stuff like that. Like you can get a list of prompts together, like um, to basically write your next session based off what you've just played mm -hmm. and you don't even have to play it like you can just draw the cards write down the prompts and that is almost like your step-by-step -step list of like things that are going to happen in basically some sort of order like yeah exactly it gives you like the sandbox to play with um absolutely absolutely um there's there's one game that i wanted to talk about here called ex novo it's a city building game. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's a, another one of these like kind of micro tabletop RPGs. I didn't jot down the uh, the publisher, so maybe I'll try to find that and put it in the show notes if I if I remember. But um, yeah, it's a city building game. So you you're solo creating a little map. There's there's rules for where places go, the history of the of the place that you're building, stuff like that. So it's kind of neat. It's it, it it helps gamify the whole like, okay, they're going to another big city. I don't have a map for it. Well, you pull out a game like this. You you jot down. You, you play it for an hour or two, and then hopefully you've got some kind of at least starting point of a map for the for the next city that yeah. your players are going to go to. So that that was one that I that I had a lot of fun with. Um, Very nice. Uh, one yeah. I've uh, haven't finished yet, but uh, I bought for my partner because. I think I played a little snippet of it and it was really, really good. Uh it was um thousand year old vampire. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, that's absolutely cool. fantastic. Yeah. Um honestly, like I suppose that's like the pinnacle where a lot of like solo RPGs are trying to reach to at this point. Um absolutely fantastic. Like my 
my partner's a big Anne Rice fan, uh, like Interview with a Vampire, you know. Um, I know, she's an absolute edgelord. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I bought her this for Christmas uh, or a birthday or something um, just because she can live out her Anne Rice. Yeah. I've heard that's a sad game. I've heard it's it can be kind of depressing. Yeah, um, no, it can. It can because it like it doesn't always turn out the way that you want it to. And that yeah. I think that is the fantastic bit. Like I think that's I think as as like as DMs, we always swing like one way or the other. We're always like we we, we struggle to be neutral. Mm-hmm. I think the majority of DMs want their players to succeed. And then there's like obviously the small ten percent that are like I'm going to destroy them, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into which I think is right or wrong, but like it's so hard to stay neutral when, but these solo TTRPGs are like they're not. They don't have a soul, time... you know. They don't. Yeah. yeah. They don't... <laughs> they're, they're not influenced by what you no. want or what you need. <laughs> Like, you know, but the, and but this is the thing. Like, you could, obviously, as a solo TTRP, there's nobody stopping you from cheating. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, but... but I think the the best games will make it feel like you don't want to. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think, absolutely. I think, I think, thousand year old vampire very much does that because when you get to when you get to what is your like ultimate death after like defying deaths or like changing changing um changing like characters and stuff like that um yeah you, you can't get to the end you're like yeah that was that was enough <laughs> yeah yeah you know, that was an ending <laughs> cool. that, that, and that was my ending <laughs> you know absolutely yeah no that's that's a cool i have to give that one a go i've heard it's uh i heard it's pretty cool so absolutely um we've talked we've talked a lot about different tabletop rpgs but we haven't uh talked about woad stone to stone yet so why don't uh why do we talk a little bit about that why don't you uh start us off by uh, giving us a brief synopsis of of what it is and what kind of uh you know what kind of solo ttrpg you're creating <laughs> um so it's a journaling game so it's a solo ttrpg journaling game he it is based directly on welsh mythology uh because i live in wales i've lived in wales for over a third of my life now um and uh it is a welsh mythology that i have tried to de-anglify and de-christianize <laughs> for want of a better word to almost try and get to the pure kind of like celtic mythology which the land was based on it instead of using a deck of playing cards and a table i'm creating a full tarot deck which is slightly more than your average like uh playing cards i think it's 78 cards um got a lot of tarot cards man tarot cards great and the bigger too yeah they're nice they feel they feel more oomph you know when you yeah pulling them out more books shuffling more 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 books for your more book for your bang more bang for your book (laughs) yeah Um, yeah yeah my goal for the game itself is to have the game playable with only the deck uh so i'm trying to I'm, i'm not cutting out the book there will be a book with it obviously i'll explain the rules um it will hold the um the setting itself so mythic Cymru, which is the uh mythic wales and it will have your factions in it um the people that you can meet that kind of thing like the map of wales and that but my my idea is is once you have learned how to play the game you can play the game solely with the deck without needing the book and you'll only refer to the book when you actually need to run because i'll have like your yeah. setting in it and your your factions and yada 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 you know um cool. yeah so that's that that is what i'm attempting with woad um it's slightly more i suppose gamified there's a bit more of a gaminess to it than your average like journaling game which is very much about story that you write um that aspect is still there 
still very much focusing on the journaling aspect, but um, we wanted that uh, kind of like feeling that you play in a game, you know? Yeah, I like that. Um, it really marries the two ideas in a nice way because absolutely some some of these games that are very narrative focused don't really feel like a game. They They feel, they're still fun, but they feel like more of like some kind of, self-reflective uh narrative exploration you know it, it it's yeah. never really so i think yeah the cards is a good it's a good addition uh so you've got these mythic creatures mythic stories from from welsh mythology you've got the tarot cards what obviously you're, you were inspired by welsh mythology but where else did you go find inspiration what kind of what kind of resources or what kind of media influenced maybe the art choices and and even like the rule set and stuff like that like in terms of like art style um major major influences are dark souls and berserk the manga nice um i I don't know if you obviously this makes for poor audio content but behind me in my bookshelf is our berserk mangas? I don't know. If I you can I tell, I, but, I, uh... I noticed them straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, he's got berserk, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all of mine are upstairs on the fancy shelf. I'm afraid Ooh, because I've been great. I've been collecting the deluxe editions, the big leather bound um ones. Wow, I've, nice. Yeah, yeah. I am, nice. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on jealous. it. I have like the next two pre-ordered. I'm just like, oh, that volume. <laughs> Two is part of my inspiration. Oh man! I think I've bookmarked. Yep. So I was. Oh, there's my. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, so for those of, of you listening, it's a it's Sorry. a it's a beautiful page <laughs> with horses and 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 knights riding horses. I what what volume is that? Do you know that? What... That is only volume volume two. Okay. Um, so right at the beginning. Yeah. Right at the beginning. So I think it's like the very start of uh, the golden arc golden age arc mm-hmm. um uh and it's griffith at the head of the head of um the company of the falcon or whatever um company of the hawk company of the hawk yeah. um riding and it's a double spread it's got a big landscape because i've been doing a lot of uh a lot of landscapes for woad trying to get like the feel of it together this like mythic land where these creatures still exist and you can meet the old gods and that kind of thing um mm, very cool so you got Berserk, you got Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and if I may, what in your research about Welsh mythology and, and as you create this, what has been like a really badass monster or or, or myth? You know, maybe one that people I, I'm sure over here in Canada and the U.S. Uh, people don't know about some of these Welsh myths. So if you don't mind, is there one that really sticks to your sticks to mind that you'd like to share with us, or, or um... a character or something? Okay, so I, I, I'll give you I'll give two that I really really like from uh from the mythology. So there's Gwydion, who is either our I think he's our magician in the Major Arcana. Um, he's kind of like almost kind of like the trickster god of Welsh mythology. He's really really cool, kind of a, mm. a bit uh Loki esque. He has some really, really cool stories about him, uh, including one where he gets forced to live a year as a deer. Yeah, mm. as a stag, a pig, and a wolf consecutively as, like, penance. The other person I would look into is Bran the Blessed. Really, really cool. Uh, he had his head chopped off and his head was kept in a castle and continued mm. to talk to people. and then. And, and that was for like seven years or something, and then they took the <laughs> head back and re- reattached it. Um, it just like grew a body underneath, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it literally kept it. He used to regale them with like stories of his like past deeds and stuff like that. It's really, really, cool. really cool. Really, yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, they've been like the two, I suppose, like the two standout. Standout. That's neat. Uh, yeah. Things. Thanks yeah. for sharing. That that's fun. <laughs> that's <all right. laughs> 
Awesome, cool. Well, I'm I'm looking at the clock, and I don't want to keep you too too long. I know it's it's very late where you are compared to where I am. So with that, I do want to ask you before we before we wrap up: Is there anything about solo tabletop RPGs that you feel like you didn't get a chance to say, or that you you, you really want to kind of hammer home to people listening? I guess don't be put off by the first one you play. A lot of time, um, try to keep an open mind, like that. There's so much difference in between them. They're yeah. they're just as varied as like normal TTRPGs. Like, um, and I think it's kind of like wine. There's one for everybody. You know, you've got to find your palate. You have to find your your taste. So even if you gave one a go and you weren't quite on board with how it worked out, um, don't let it stop you from trying other ones because there are really are some fantastic games out there. Mm, that's very good advice very good advice so um, thank you so much josh for being here to talk about solo tabletop rpgs and to talk to us about woad stone to stone before before we say goodbye why don't you remind the listeners about your projects where they can find you where they can buy your content your beautiful artwork and, and all that good stuff uh yeah so i am art of arklin uh basically everywhere um you can find me on twitter instagram facebook tumblr uh i'm on etsy art of arklin um my kickstarter uh i believe you can find it if you just search for woad stone to stone even though it's only in the preview page uh but if you go into any of my social media you'll be able to find me posting about it at least at least three times a week i'm just trying to get more and more people on board, more and more people following the Kickstarter. Um, it launches 1st of March, uh, 2023, uh, <laughs> which yeah, is um, in line for St. David's Day. St. David's cool. Day. Um, yeah, which is the Welsh patron saint. So tied it in with that, which is nice. Uh, Woad Stone to Stone, it's on Kickstarter preview page. You can go follow it numbers really help well, yeah so everybody listening go 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 follow woad stone to stone i'll be sure to have the link in the description of today's episode so go open up that description page and click it click a follow and while you're at it go buy a cool piece of artwork for your for your office or something from josh's etsy shop there's a lot of cool stuff there so yeah thanks again josh i i can't wait to see the project come to fruition my pleasure it's been awesome thank you so much for having me Hey, cheers. Let's call it a chat.